0: I knew last week's podcast was going to run long. I just – that had to have been one of our longest ever. You know that? It was. It was, it was up there. Yeah, it was up really there. really long. So I would like to uh, reference that podcast from last week. Oh, And okay. issue a bit of a mea culpa on something that we were wrong about. So uh, usually we're opinionated, but now we're opinionated and slightly wrong on something. And that was well, about but, but, to but
1: hang on. Hang, hang on. We have proven many occasions. We have proven on many occasions. Forget last. I know where you're going. But we have proven on many occasions that we are anything but perfect. So there will be those We're not moments, perfect. and you guys will. You guys, I know it's shocking, isn't it? You I'm guys a will shock call us out, here. and that's fine. That, that's that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going. I know where you're going.
0: <laughs> so we started talking about the Geneva Motor Show, and the new Bugatti has been released, and we mistakenly pronounced the name of it. And with apologies to our friends in France and Louis Chiron, whom I found out, actually. I did a little research. Uh, He raced in the Monaco Grand Prix when he was 58 years old. Interesting. So the car is named after Louis Chiron. He deserves a car named after him, yeah. Chiron, Chiron, and... um, Yes. I'm sure we're still wrong, but but, but we're closer I'm sure that's still wrong, We're closer now, yeah. We're (laughs) we're on the green. We're on the putting green now. We're... We can see the hole. We're, we're near. Can, I can see. You could
1: see right from where we're standing currently. Whereas last week, I don't know, week, you I don't know, know why we I'm using the golf analogies
0: suddenly. I don't yeah. know where that came yeah. from.
1: Seriously, let's let's move on definitely before <laughs> before we get ourselves in even more trouble. But speaking of trouble, we have a lot to talk about this week because the last week or so has been nuts. So we're actually going to do a slightly different format podcast tonight. In that, we're only going to do one car debate. Mm-hmm. And that is for our friend uh, Tyler, who has written in from Indiana. Has written in for he and his wife, and they have a litany of cars, most of which they should probably get rid of and try again. So we're going to talk about that, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean seriously. But but yeah, so so yeah. we are going to do a car debate tonight. But we realize we had a lot of other things to talk about. I mean, forget the fact that we were wrong for a second. Let's also talk about the uh, our, our Scion FR-S or GT eighty-six, if you prefer, since it's obviously changing. Uh, Marquis, uh, that one has, is actually officially being tuned. We should talk about that. Yep, we should talk yep. about that Tesla Model X review we did, because apparently everyone else is talking about it. So we ought to talk about that. And we do have your questions coming up as well.
0: Yeah, I'd also like to add some driving definitions, because some things have, brought to our, have been brought to our attention, especially in this Model X review. We've talked about various dynamics. When Todd and I are on camera and mm-hmm. we're talking about a particular way a car handles or the way it drives, that can mean different things to different people, and here you and I—we're well, thinking clearly. It
1: does. Yes. Yeah. We th-
0: we're thinking we're talking the same language, and people are pretty much understanding what we mean when we say blank, because you and I are pretty articulate on camera. We're, we're saying we, think we try, and yeah. you know that's the whole point. But some mm-hmm. comments mm-hmm. have revealed that people, especially when it comes to handling, they're on a different page. They're on a different planet. As a matter of fact.
1: Well, yeah. Let's just let's just start here. Let's just talk about that. I mean, that's the thing. Is that I feel like the term handling means more things to more people than any other term in car culture. Uh-huh. Yeah. Power. Power is kind of understood. I mean, you may not understand what 600 horsepower is versus 300 horsepower, but zero to sixty speaks to people as much as I hate that stat. It's a, it's a stat mm-hmm. that, that speaks to people. I almost feel like skid pad numbers again because it's a number that speaks to people you know, the the miles per gallon, anything you can identify with a number speaks to people. But when you get to the word handling, clearly, you can say this car handles well, and other people that have driven the car may or may not agree with you because of their definition of handling. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of it's kind of a
0: difficult target to hit, I feel like. If it has to do with numbers, ask your insurance agent. If you don't know the difference between 300 horsepower and 600 horsepower, your insurance agent can tell you. You don't they can know. <laughs> inform
1: you. You're right. Yeah, that's a great point. Here's the that's difference. Like, oh, well, but, crap. But, but here's here here's the thing. I also think it's because a lot of people group ride quality and handling together as some variation of the same thing, and yeah. they're not did, the same thing. Did you at notice least not that comment?
0: Um, some some person uh, commented about the surface quality of the freeway, concrete versus asphalt, mm-hmm. and he was talking about you know I can tell when the car is riding on one versus the other, and I'm thinking to myself. Wait, we're talking about handling, not the way it rides yeah. on a particular surface.
1: Yeah, and yeah, you're equating
0: uh, uh, the car's handling to that, and so it's it was mm-hmm. it was a bit eye opening. It was revealing to me to think, okay, so that's what you think yeah. in terms of handling, or just the fact that the car goes around the corner when I point the wheel. Well,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yes, it it does. It yeah, works. you you made a, you made it's a comment. To the you wheels. made a comment
1: where you said you yeah you made a comment in the Model X review where you said. In terms of handling, you have no handling information, but the car goes where you pointed. And somebody was like... Yeah, but that's a good thing. That means the handling's great. Well, but you know, when I turn the wheel in a video game, the car goes where I point it. So do airplanes but I couldn't and be, boats. I couldn't be more disconnected in that reality. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to yeah. stay with the video game wheel thing because you even called out the Model X in those in those lines as being a gaming wheel. That is the thing. Just because the car follows where you point it doesn't in any necessarily mean that it a has good handling, or certainly doesn't mean it has good handling feel.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I've been thinking and, and, about
0: that. Um, okay. Been thinking about the future of autonomous cars. And mm-hmm. what you and I were feeling were I called out solenoids and I, I also wanted to add motors because there's mm. got to be mm. motors, electric motors, attached to the steering column to be able to turn the wheel. And whether that's attached to the sure. steering rack sure. or the steering column, wherever those are, however the system works, there's got to be those motors. So you're actually feeling the resistance against an electric motor, whether it's on or off. When it's on, yeah. Your hands are off yeah, the wheel, yeah, yeah. you're traveling straight, you're autonomously driving. And so more and more cars are going to be in this direction. I mean, the Model X and Teslas are not alone in the market. Infinity, Mercedes, no. a lot of no, people no, no. have them. And also, I would like to clarify that just because it is an electric car does not, does not mean it's simultaneous with autonomous. It is not synonymous true. with that term Very because yeah. there's gasoline-powered cars that are now autonomous vehicles. But they mm-hmm. will all have this. On it, yeah. I'm resisting against an electric motor kind of feel, and I'm wondering what that's going to do to the handling of some of our favorite cars. I mean, some of our favorites well, will not be autonomous, most likely. But, but more even and more, but even we're blurring the line. Way, I mean, you know,
1: you can have you can have car, yeah, I agree with you. More and more cars. This, this is we're blurring the line between two things. Mm-hmm. I feel like because you can have good good sensations through the wheel. The car can tell you a lot through the wheel, and not handle well not handle all that well and vice versa it can handle really well and you're not getting much good sensation through the wheel and so for for me personally maybe we should define what it means individually because for me personally Good handling is something where the car is confidence-inspiring in the corner, meaning as I push it, I feel like it is giving me information back that I can work with, like a good dance partner. I can go, mm-hmm. okay, I understand what the car is doing on my inputs and how if I change those inputs slightly, how the, I, I can telegraph what the car is going to do. Simultaneously, I typically prefer a car, watch our uh, MX-5 review. I typically prefer a car that stays pretty flat in the process. Some people don't mm-hmm. like that, but mm-hmm. I like a car to not have much body roll. For me personally, that increases that level of confidence. But here's the thing. If you throw a car in and it turns just fine, but the body rolls a lot, and then as you get close to the edge, it starts to understeer, and or you're getting so little information through the wheel that you just don't feel like it's exact. I don't care if that is the greatest limo ride on the planet when you're going down a freeway, that car doesn't handle well. Mm-hmm. But I'm realizing a lot of people, if because I got a great, quiet ride, I, one guy was like, well, but I love my Teslas. They all feel like my, my big Lexus sedans. And I was like, that's not good handling, <laughs> just so you know. That's great ride quality. Right. It's great ride They're quality. It does very different it doesn't, that, But that's not handling. And I think a lot of people equate them as the same. And you know, all the way back to our Fisker Karma review, The Fisker does not ride nearly as well as the Model S. Its ride is not nearly as good as the Model S. Right, right. I believe its handling is better. And when I say handling, I mean the fact that it is a very, you sit very low in that car, and it feels very flat and connected to the road. As a result, you feel more of the road in a good and bad way in the Fisker Karma. The Model S kind of Mm -hmm. floats along the road better. It has better ride but I didn't feel as confident in the handling. We got hammered on in that review for daring to say that. But I do think a lot of people, especially in this market segment,
0: are talking about ride, not talking about handling. I'm absolutely with you on the on the handling part describing what we're feeling when you're turning the flat cornering and all these mm-hmm, attributes mm-hmm. about the car adding up. Low center of gravity, you know, all those kinds of things. I would add to that resistance. And the best way I can describe it to everybody mm-hmm. listening is – when you're rolling along and the tire is is just flat and neutral to the road, it generates very little rolling resistance. Some, but then when sure, you start to sure. turn the wheel, you're start you're starting to scrub those you know those rubber tire blocks against the sure. road. And I want to feel a bit more resistance. I don't want to feel artificial resistance as if the steering is sort of tightening that's, up on yeah. me. I want to that's actually a real feel the tires. I want to feel as if those tread blocks are starting to squirm and they're starting to grip harder Mm -hmm. onto the road and therefore resisting my hands more. And then I feel like, ooh, I'm feeling what the tires are doing. And it transmits all that road information, the steering angle, the dynamic of the car, the roll of the body. It starts to transmit that up through the wheel. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. when I start to feel, ooh, good information, good handling. I like what the car is telling me. And then you turn more and more and more and you think, okay, there's more resistance. The car is... Harder through the corners, depending on my speed, depending on how far I'm turning the actual wheel, and so I, I liken the resistance. But again, not artificial. I don't want the steering to just push back on me for no reason. I want to feel well, those I mean, you're, those you're, tread blocks. I
1: mean, it's, you're identifying you're identifying a key down problem with electric steering racks, and some of them are mm-hmm. great, and some of them are terrible. But the problem with electric steering racks is that most of the time, especially if they have a like sports setting button. All that's happening is the steering resistance is getting harder and it's giving you no more information whatsoever. Right. And right. that's just annoying. You're, okay, you're actually making me work harder, but you're giving me less in the process. That's lose lose. There are definitely those electric steering racks that are that way. But I'm going to go to an extreme example. I mean, I'm going to go straight to the Lotus Elise, okay. which everybody knows I've beat on that car too much. It's a halo car for me, specifically on handling, because that is that car's entire purpose and party piece. It's not fun to randomly ride in. You don't (laughs) want a road trip in it. There's no point in listening to music. The ride quality is not good. I'm going to identify the two separately. The ride quality in a Lotus Elise is not good. Mm -hmm. The handling is spectacular. They are separate entities in that car. But because that car has no power steering, you can feel the linkage. linkage. You turn the wheel, you can actually feel that there are metal parts and joints between you and the tires. And as a result, you can get sensation from the tires. And all the way down to you're in a parking lot sitting still, it's really hard. You're at the limit and the car's about to break, all of a sudden it gets kind of mysteriously, uncomfortably light in the steering. Right. There's tons right. of information. The other end of the spectrum is your gaming wheel. Your gaming wheel, you can go in and you can pull down. I'd like to make this wheel turn harder. Can you feel tires on your gaming wheel? Of course not, because there are no tires. Right. Every car we drive in steering feel alone, I've even gone farther than just handling, in steering feel alone is somewhere in that spectrum between the Elise on one end and your gaming wheel on the other. And then that can relate to handling in relation to the MX-5. How much did it roll? I talked about the fact that the new MX-5 rolls way too much, and yet is actually sticking really well. The limits are very high, but you've got to get by this very disconcerting body roll. It's like, whoa, that's not good. And then you realize, no, 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 it's sticking. Well, I don't want that much body roll. So handling is not about ride. I'm going to keep beating on that.
0: Right. So back to this, this Model X review, this Tesla review that we just produced. If you mm-hmm. haven't watched it, I encourage you to do so, because there was one comment in there that also caught my eye, and it was, somebody noting that Todd and I can disagree, but we can bring up points and still respect each other's opinions and respect other people's opinions. What we wanted ultimately was a lot of discussion. And that is exactly mm-hmm. what we're getting in a few key Absolutely. areas. Yep. Um, yep. Absolutely. Not just for, uh, not just for emissions and that kind of thing, but also, um, also in the, uh, like we're, we're talking about the handling department and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, a lot of different things about the car that, uh, you know it, it's not that we didn't it's not that we don't admire the car you know what i mean it's not it's well, not that we didn't watch... admire the technology and come in going you know we're we're set to uh of course to so. sort of be against look, it if you know what i
1: mean look at the two look at the two ratings i mean that was the clear thing when we drove that car mm-hmm. i realized very early on i have to rate this the two different ways that's why it has two ratings because as a i said it in the review as a convenient conveyance as a piece of technology to move you around it is incredibly impressive. That's not who I am as a driver, but who cares? Right, it's incredibly right. impressive. But then I started to ask some key questions that I many of you have asked about, about key questions about is this necessary? And it's been amazing to see people's response specifically you and I've laughed about this specifically about the fact that I dared I dared to compare it to minivan doors, which mm-hmm. I find quite ironic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I I had to laugh because we went back and watched the reveal when Elon revealed the car mm-hmm. and wheeled out a minivan and an SUV both as mm-hmm. comparison to a Honda Odyssey. Yep. And so we're thinking to ourselves if you're the founder, if you're Elon and you're doing this, you're opening mm-hmm. that door up for discussion. You're opening this up to to discuss you're comparing your car to those two because there's really nothing in the middle, and declaring this is mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. really something in between those two, the minivan and the SUV. And yeah. I, I just yeah. found the the wide variety of comments. As I said, what we ultimately want is discussion. Keep it respectful, but we got the discussion that we're looking yeah. for. Also, Which is great.
1: No, And it, and it I, continues. And we've been chiming in in response to some of you as well. But sorry,
0: go on. Well, well I noticed, I was going to say, that very same Model X was reviewed and released the next day by Autoblog. It was the same mm-hmm. car from our owner Randy. Same car
1: from same owner. Yep. And
0: uh, yep. so, yeah. If you, if you didn't pick up on that or didn't catch that, it was the exact same car that was had been driven out to Oceanside, California, and mm-hmm. the Autoblog staff so writer review and it yep. reviewed it out there. So yep, I found yep. that pretty funny. But it came across more as um, not salesy, but more brochure-like, more just informing you, which is not what we wanted to do. It's not what we set out to do. It's well, but is this could this be a part of your life you know if you're comparing it to these two segments yeah yeah we're all used to these they work well they exist for a reason so could they exist but but here's
1: the thing though I mean th- there's there's been a lot of, of pushback and there's been in some cases vitriol about the fact that well, we're comparing yeah. it to a minivan at all yeah. and honestly I I am shaking my head at that a little bit because of the number of people that have said how dare you compare it to a minivan have you seen Elon's reveal and then I take a couple beats and I go Have you seen Elon's reveal? (laughs) Right, Because he has the Honda Odyssey next to it with the Q7. Doesn't even bother to talk about how it's different than the SUV. He points directly to the minivan and talks about how it's different or better than the minivan to the point that he actually says the quote, we wanted to create a more functional aperture than a minivan door. So you've basically just said... We've tried to create a better door than the minivan door. So then here come the everyday driver guys saying, is this a better door than the minivan door? And a lot of people are going, how dare you say that? Why are you comparing the two? And I'm going, "Right. Um, I, I didn't think that idea up. What? I, it, it's fascinating. It really is.
0: Yeah. There's, there's something else that I found in the news this week. It has to do with a Singapore Model S owner. The sedan was charged oh, yeah, over yeah. $11,000 for emissions. <laughs> And I dug a little bit more into this. And it has to do okay. with the way Singapore generates electricity. And based uh-huh. on this energy consumption in the Model S, and they're claiming, I don't want to go too deep in the numbers here, but it's you know a certain amount of CO2 per kilometers that is mm-hmm, comparable mm-hmm. to cars like an S class, in terms of CO2 emissions. But that's just because this, the Singapore government has to generate ele- electricity that, w- that way And so, therefore, Mm -hmm. even though there's no tailpipe emissions on this car, it's the equivalent CO2 of how the electricity was generated. (laughs) So, therefore, it's not just a plug on your wall. And this owner is finding out very much that (laughs) it's not always free. We think it's free and it's clean. It's not always the case. And here you're being charged for emissions.
1: Interesting point. I mean, obviously, that's an extreme example. and And, you know, I don't know how legal or above board that really is and obviously that's not for really for us to even know but you bring up an interesting point and that is the funny thing about electric cars and and honestly back to the prius just go with a hybrid for a second the thing i find funny about cars when they get into the discussion of i'm saving the planet (laughs) and i realize there are plenty of tesla owners that are not buying because they believe they're saving the planet i know those those owners are out there there's people that drive a Nissan Leaf because they have solar panels on their house and they can just, I never have to fill up with gas. I get it. I totally get it. But then there are those people that are militant with the belief, I'm doing this because it's better for the environment. And the thing I find funny about that is the answer really is maybe. Because the, the thing is people don't seem to think beyond their own driveway.
0: Right. The right. thing
1: in my driveway, I don't put gasoline in and it doesn't create exhaust. Okay, but where'd your electricity come from? And and this is a personal thing. It's where do you live and what's the reality? But here in here in Utah, we have a ton of our electricity generated by coal. So, you know, where how clean are we talking here? And then I want you to speak to, this is another extreme example, but I want you to speak to when you went to the Tesla event, how oh, they were getting yeah. electricity for all the cars there. That's
0: yeah. a great example
1: of what I'm talking about. You've got to think beyond the plug to the source to actually, if you will, because I'm, I'm going to go broad strokes here, but if and I do want you to tell that story, if if you're worried about consumption, first off, if you live in the Western world, you live in the the, the kind of modern world. Guess what? Pretty much everything you have consumes in some way or another. It just does. That's yeah. just unfortunately how our society is built. So don't don't pretend you aren't consuming. If you have plastics, guess what? Plastics are petroleum products. Anyway, <laughs> exactly. but exactly. But so so I mean whatever whatever it is in front of you probably consumed for its existence. I it's terrible to say, but it's true. So there's that reality. But but then, you know, you have other things where you have to think beyond the plug. So, t- yeah, tell the story about the plug if there's one situation.
0: I, I've, I think I've mentioned this story before in the podcast, and I, I wanted to add to your thoughts there by saying in terms of consumption, what about Norway? We talk about Norway as being one of the premier markets for the Tesla products because mm-hmm. of Absolutely. less tax on, you know, electric-powered uh, electric non-emitting vehicles. But you got to think, how did those vehicles get there? They crossed an ocean on on a gigantic car transporter burning 10,000 gallons (laughs) of kerosene an hour that's pretty much unregulated. And so, again, I I like how you termed it. When does your consumption calculation begin and end? When when does it start and stop? Are you thinking at the factory when it takes a tremendous amount of energy to torture metal and petrochemicals to make the plastics of your interior? Or is it at your driveway? So, yeah. I have to. And I'm not, excusing, I'm not
1: excusing any car. Every, every car has consumption. I'm, right, I'm saying right. you one further. Every product has consumption. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like we start congratulating ourselves and patting ourselves on the back because we don't see it consuming right in front of us at our house. Okay, but where'd your electricity come from? And how did your plastics get made? I mean, if you really want to follow that rabbit trail, I hate to say it, you're
0: going to be depressed. I mean, (laughs) that's the truth. Exactly. Just uh, yeah, knowledge is uh, is power, but it's also can can be depressing in this sense. So I'll tell the story again very quickly for those listening, and that is a Tesla Owners Club event that I went to the first Mm -hmm, year mm -hmm. it was held a few years ago, before the X had hit the scene. It had been announced. But it was pretty much Mm -hmm. just the Roadster and the Model S. And everybody was enthusiastic about their cars. And so it was held at a hotel near the factory in Fremont, California. Yeah, yeah. So I attended the event. And a company that produces portable supercharging stations, they're called Uh Blink. I'm not sure if they're still around or not. They might be. Um, So Blink is the company. And they set up 10 portable charging stations in the parking lot. (laughs) For owners who had traveled from all over the country to attend sure, the event, sure.
1: you know, hey, come, yeah, come
0: charge your car for free. You know, it's a promotion yeah. thing. Electric cars, all this stuff, and I thought, that's great, fantastic. Yeah. This company brought electric cars. As did chargers. every owner. E-
1: every and, owner thought, that's amazing. This is so cool. I'm
0: I'm I'm electric. I don't have to. <laughs> it you know, it's awesome that I'm here. So all the cars are backed into the parking slots, and they have these chargers set up. They're cool looking, and they're all daisy chained together with giant. You know, electrical cables, you know, huge amperage going through these cables. Yeah. And I'm looking down at these, and they're they're daisy chained together and they're plugged into junction boxes, and then they keep going. I thought, huh, okay, so they're charging the cars. Where does. I wonder where the main cable goes to. Well, how. Where's it getting its power? I love. I love
1: that you decided to follow this rabbit trail, too, because I bet you 90% of people didn't even think about it, let alone follow the rabbit trail. You actually followed the cable. That's what I love about this stuff. I was
0: just like, it just occurred to me, because the cable sort of snaked along the gutter there, and it wrapped around the back of the building, and everybody was still out front, you know, having a great time, and I walked around and followed this black, thick cable around the back of the building, and where does this go? What's it plugged into? And Mm -hmm. I got to the emergency Mm -hmm. diesel generator for the hotel. Belching away, and it's plugged into that. It was snaked up over the yep. fence, the security fence around the big diesel generator. Yep. And this is what kicks on when the hotel loses power. And it yep. was Otherwise plugged it in run at all.
1: to that. And I thought, mm-hmm. ah, And that was ha! turned on and burning diesel. So you're getting your electricity yep. at your Tesla event. <laughs> but your car is burning diesel to be charged. Oh, I mean, that's, saying, a, that's hey, a very simple real-world extreme example of what we're talking yeah. about. Where does that cable go? I love the burning a diesel uh, emergency generator that wouldn't have been running otherwise for the, quote-unquote, clean electric cars out front. Yeah. And it's obviously a, a yeah. specific situation, an extreme example, but there it is. Follow the cable. I, I love that. I
0: really do. It was pretty funny. Um, so anyway, yeah, I, I really uh. – I'm glad that we're getting a lot of traction, per se, with the mm-hmm. – uh, With Mm -hmm. the Model X review, and we're getting a lot of discussion. But there is something I want to discuss and have you talk about a little was the tuning experience. We've been busy this week doing some filming, but we've had your car in the shop. We've actually Mm -hmm. started the tuning with our friends from FT86. We've gotten some parts going, and we've gotten up on the lift thanks to our friends at Integrated Engineering. If you haven't seen that review, we drove their very highly tuned uh 2013 Golf R I believe it was 2012 or 2013 It was
1: the it was the Mark 6 version of the Golf R that they had yeah. 450 horsepower at the wheels which is nuts Just So those amazing. guys but they've got a great those shop those guys were willing yeah a fantastic shop and experience and tools obviously that we don't have we wanted a lift and all that all of that because our friends at FT86 Speed Factory, back right around Christmas, it was like right around, like, hey, Merry Christmas! Those guys decided to send us some parts because I had had a conversation with Thomas and Yo over there, and and it had said that because they actually asked, okay, you're going to tune the FRS, that's our specialty. What would what do you want to do? And I said, well, <laughs> I really mainly send well, parts. Well, y- yes, but <laughs> yes, but money is a real thing. I mean, course, I, I said to them, I said, what I really want to do is I really want to kill the torque dip. I, I mean, supercharging, all that would be cool down the line, but just in the short term, can we kill that torque dip? And they said, essentially, yes, we can. So they actually sent us their header and a cat-back exhaust. Now, you can obviously do a catless midpipe, mid but, of course, it gets significantly louder. And I said to them, I said, guys, when I had my 300ZX, even keeping the cat, I got a cat-back exhaust, and I hated it afterward. Mm-hmm. I wished I right. hadn't because the car became... It sounded kind of cool, but it also just became painfully loud to just drive in a normal capacity. And I said, yes, I'm going to track this car, guys, but this is my daily driver, and I don't want to be annoyed by it. And when we had that TRD exhaust, FRS, straight from the factory, all of us liked that car less than the non-TRD version because we thought that exhaust drones. So I was very yeah. wary of yeah. an exhaust. yeah. These guys kind of handpick parts out of their catalog for the car, which is interesting to have that kind of guidance. But I will say, if you have an FRS or a BRZ or a GT86, those guys carry all products from all brands for those cars. They do make their own stuff. They actually sent us some of their own stuff that they make that they have tuned themselves. But, I mean, you can get Borla and you can get, you know, you name the, the supercharger kit. I mean, they carry everything for those cars, and they have the expertise to back it up. So I highly recommend that. But they sent their header and their cat-back exhaust and new muffler, all very shiny, pretty parts. But the funny part, and, and I don't want to ruin the video. The video is coming in a couple of weeks, and I don't want to ruin that and, and our conclusions and the, the way it's we got a before and after sounds, mm-hmm. before yeah. and after dyno. It's going to be a really cool video. But what I do want to tell, because it's not going to be in the video, is the way it worked out is I took these parts to Integrated Engineering, our friends over there, who only work on Volkswagen (laughs) or Audi products, okay? So I took those parts there, and they unpacked them, okay? I took the closed boxes there, and they unpacked them. Then I had to take my car elsewhere to come back later. So the parts are in Integrated Engineering, and the car is with me across town. Okay. So those guys doing proper tuning setup laid all the parts out, opened up the boxes, got everything out, laid all the parts out, and went, um hey 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 todd uh i don't think we have everything we're supposed to have well i don't have the parts and i haven't seen the parts mind you i know what they're supposed to be but i haven't seen them so they don't have the car to cross reference i don't have the parts to cross reference so then we start calling up the ft86 guys who were who were awesome honestly and just going Okay, and of course, you know, if this was an F, if this was a GT eighty six, you know, an FRS shop, these guys would have been like, "Oh, we got everything we need, and here's why." These guys work on Volkswagens; that's all they work on. So <laughs> they're looking at parts, going, "I, I don't know, but I think we're missing stuff." It's bad. I mean, when very,
0: they hold up parts and go, "So, what does this go to?" I'm like, "Oh no, exactly, you guys are German." Exactly right. Guys. <laughs> Exactly oh, no. right.
1: So it was very funny because we had these essentially VW techs calling up the guys at, at FT eighty six factory, and and then. Then everybody started speaking the same language. But at one point, they called me and said, I think we sent you everything. And I said, look, honestly, I have the car. They don't have the car. I don't have the parts. So we got to close this loop somehow. But thankfully, when they all started talking, we we had the the lead tech over there at, at Integrated Engineering, Jake, talk to Thomas and a couple others. And it was great because the FT86 guy said, here's what you've got. Here's what it does. Here's the pieces that you're keeping. That was the key thing, is we weren't aware without having the two sitting beside each other, the car and the parts. We weren't aware, oh, got it. There's where the mid-pipe, that's that's what we're keeping, and here's why, and here's all the flanges and why they all work. So it was great to have those guys to walk us through. If you have questions, I would highly recommend calling them over there. If you contact FT86 Speed Factory, and that is their their, uh, URL – please use the code every day. You will get an extra discount. I am serious. Every day is your code over there, and those guys are looking for you to call them up if uh, you have questions and you own those cars. So I highly, highly recommend that. I know some of you listening have them. So if you're looking for stuff, those that's the place to go. And that video is going to be really cool.
0: I do have to add for all, everybody listening, um, Todd and I... and. Pretty much all the guys that integrated engineering, we uh, we had quite a good laugh over the fact when we opened up the boxes, we joked that, yeah, you get a pair of cheap earplugs, but no gaskets. Huh. <laughs> I, I don't get it. I don't understand. So yeah, we had a rather hearty laugh over that one. But uh, thanks to those guys, as Todd said, every day is your code. And they have treated us so well. They've, they have just started us on this road of tuning,
1: really. They yeah. had all the parts we needed. And the other thing about it is go go pick, pick your tuning video. Any tuning video you pick online, watch somebody take quote unquote bolt on parts and find out that they are not bolt on. Oh, we got to bend this. Oh, you we got to change this. Saw
0: that and hack this, that. And...
1: Exactly. Somebody get the saws all. Somebody get the grinder. <laughs> right. I have to say kudos to those guys at FT86 Speed Factory for the parts they built because they truly just bolted right on. Uh, the, the tech even at one point said, This is not common. He was like, I can't believe this connects to that, this connects to that, everything just connected, which. Honestly, I would have been—I uh, would not have been helpful had they not been able to connect properly. So I was actually able to help, which I felt very good about. It was so that's pretty be impressive. A cool video coming up soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great.
0: Looking forward to sharing that. Looking so um, after 30 minutes of talking about everything else, we finally have come <laughs> to the point in the podcast when we can get to a this car is why debate. Why we're
1: doing one car debate? <laughs> yep, exactly right.
0: So we've got Tyler writing in from Indiana, and I want to tell you a little bit about Tyler's story here and the cars that he's got, and kind of what he's thinking. Because I may have a mm-hmm. left field suggestion. But but maybe not. I'm really curious to know what, uh, yeah. what your thoughts are. But Tyler's written in. He's 24. He's married. And he's about to have his first child. And so he says to us that he needs a good family car that he doesn't hate. Now, mm-hmm. Tyler mm-hmm. currently owns four cars. That's right. Four yep. cars. An 03 Saturn View. Just let that sink in for a moment. A couple beats. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. 2007 Nissan 350Z Convertible. His yep. wife drives a 99 Buick Century. We'll also let that one sink in. Just sort of filter down yeah, through I'm, your senses. I, I hear you. I hear you, yep. And then he says he's also currently selling his 2,000 Mitsubishi Eclipse because, well, Tyler, we know why. It's 2,000 Mitsubishi it, yeah.
1: Eclipse. Lots so lots of reasons, tons we, of miles we get it. In, <laughs> in rough shape. He's, he's, unloaded, he's already unloading that one. He's got these three cars remaining. And honestly, you need to read through the rest of Tyler's email here. And every one of these cars has issues right now. They're all old and kind of failing. and he t- he goes on and on for a couple of paragraphs about how much he hates this Saturn view. <laughs> he drives daily 70 miles round trip to work in the car and could not hate it more. Yeah. And then, of course, the Buick is just old. Needs work. Things aren't working. Part of the HVAC system isn't working. It's an old, beat-down car. Seats are, I mean, GM seats from that era weren't good to begin with. <laughs> These are even beat-on and now worse. The the 350Z Park benches are better. Is, is, yeah, it's getting a little old, but he does still really like it. Now, it's the convertible version. It's one of the fastest cars he's ever been in. He really, really likes that 350Z. So here he is sitting with these four cars and going, "What on earth do we do?" Because his wife is going to need something they need the and the Saturn view's been the the family hauler. his wife's going to need something she wants automatic. he wants a fun car with its manual. he's got these four cars kind of in the quiver right now. What do you do? He's thrown out a couple of options, and to be honest with you, I don't like either one of his options, but I do have some ideas
0: hmm. all right, so some other notes that uh that he's written in here that Tyler said to us is that he's got to drive to work on a state highway. So he's got some sweepers, some straightaways. Mm-hmm. He's he's definitely an enthusiast dad. So we've got to keep that in mind as we're yeah, suggesting yeah, yeah. things absolutely, for him. Absolutely, His wife mm-hmm. doesn't drive sticks. So he's open to an auto. And there's a reason for that. I'll get to in just a minute. So he's saying, well, I want if I get a new car, it needs to be at least 200 horsepower. Of course, he's in Indiana. So there's major snowfall. He's open to rear wheel drive. Todd and I have droned endlessly about the right tires, even on a rear-wheel drive car, yeah, in weather. Definitely, definitely. And then he's talking about his wife is going to be a stay-at-home mom, and he's got a mortgage. I mean, you've you dived right in. I mean, I do you have a picket fence? He dove too?
1: into adult life, didn't he? I mean, yeah, you are absolutely, jumping absolutely. right
0: in. Yep. And so what uh, what he's given to us are some options, and that is first, sell the Buick, sell his wife's car, and buy her a new mm-hmm. one with a budget mm-hmm. of about seven thousand dollars, and he keeps the three hundred and fifty Z. And that's his fun car, and he continues to drive the hateful Saturn View. Or says, keep the Buick, maybe the View, sell the Z, sell his fun car, and get a different car for himself. So essentially what he's asking mm-hmm. is, should he get a car for his wife and kind of keep his own fun car? Or should mm-hmm. he just have her keep driving, kinda keep the equation they've currently got and sell the z and he looks at something mm-hmm. else so these are the two options yeah and that's why he's saying you know his wife can't drive sticks, stick so he's open to an automatic but he's he's an enthusiast but he's got a family to consider here and mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. i really don't think his budget is too high so we've got to grind this down i can't do my usual we're gonna spend yeah. thirty six thousand dollars, and yeah I, <laughs> I i promise to not tyler i promise to not
1: well, and I I did I did quite a bit of looking and cross referencing on what these cars are currently selling for, and I I came up with an option he didn't present, hmm. and but I, I do have a couple of ideas for you, Tyler, honestly. So uh, and I I'm almost sniper shotting tonight, except for the fact are you? that Tyler brought up some interesting cars for himself, which keeps him from a sniper shot because I want to speak to two other things he thought of. But I honestly feel like I have the car for your wife. I think I've I think I've done it. So. Um, sorry, where were you going to go? Because because my options kind of out of left field to begin with.
0: Hmm. Well, I've got uh, a bit of a setup to get there because of what okay. I think Tyler should do. And again, this is just opinion, but I, I've got this <laughs> setup and then a That's long we're here for. laundry list of cars. So we
1: can give you our opinion.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and like we said at the top of the podcast, we might be wrong now, but we'll still give you our opinion. Anyway, this but is I'm gonna go- be fun. I'm going to
1: interject right here because we're giving our opinion and because you're enjoying listening to it. Please rate the podcast, and that can be oh, on iTunes or on you. Stitcher. If you're an Android, if you're an Android listener, <laughs> that's something that somebody reminded me recently. A lot of people, you're on Android, you're not using iTunes. Stitcher is fantastic for Android, and it does have the exact same thing as iTunes. You, you can ra- give a uh, star rating, you can give a written review, and those things help other pe- people find the show. So if you're a Stitcher person, if you're on Android, please do the same rating there. And honestly, I I say it every week because it is completely true. We say it on the podcast, then you guys rate, then we watch our rating climb. It is a direct equation, so please do that. And we guarantee to keep giving our opinion and sometimes being wrong. So sorry, please continue.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that you just snuck that in there. Very, very nice. Why not? Hey, why Why not? not? I love it. All right, Tyler, here we go. What I think you should do is get your wife a new car. I uh-huh. I think you should keep the 350Z because if it makes you happy, it can't be that bad. And, yes, I'm quoting Cheryl Quirrell. Yeah. So <laughs> here's what you should do is sell the view, sell the Mitsubishi, okay. sell yeah. or donate the Buick, or you could give it a Viking funeral and you know set it on fire and push it out to sea. But please stop yourself before you get to the whole human sacrifices part on that one. Um, yeah, I agreed. Yeah. Have a garage sale, have a bake sale, sell a kidney, have an additional birthday this year and invite all your friends with money. Wow. okay. Find Christmas money, set out a tip jar for yourself at work, learn to play the guitar and become a street performer (laughs) with the ultimate goal (laughs) of scraping together, scrape together like 10 to 12 grand. Because you said you had maybe a $7,000 budget if you sold the Buick, but sell the Mitsubishi and sell the View as well. Mm Scrape together mm -hmm. as much money as you can because I really feel like the 12,000. Right in that range really gives you yeah. some options. And, again, keep the Z because all you've done is tell us in the in the uh, email here is how much you like it. It makes you smile. Yeah. If you yeah, love your car, why get rid of it? It's still worth something. It still makes you happy. Drive it. Love it. But now... You've got a growing family, and I really want to get you guys into something newer because it will be uh-huh. the car that you point to as a family and go, whenever we need to go on a family road trip, we're taking it camping, hiking. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. going to see the parents, as you said. We're doing anything that we're together as a family. I want it to be a very newer, reliable, modern,
1: sure, good sure, sure. car
0: for you guys. And even if your wife is a stay-at-home mom and she doesn't take that to work sometimes, heck, you know, leave the Z at home and you can take that car to work. And so yeah. that's why I'm saying sure. scrape together all this money to to build up a little bit. And I'm kind of guessing that Tyler isn't um, isn't too keen on uh, on payments. He he probably wants to just plunk down a good amount and just kind of be done with it. Get something for the family and ideally something newer. And at that twelve thousand mm-hmm. dollar mark, mm-hmm. you've got lots of options. I went shopping for you and found one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Wow, ten options wow. for you, Tyler. But I want to hear yours. Oh, I want to hear yours, this what you're podcast. thinking. <laughs> well, here's
1: the thing. What we don't what we don't have from you, Tyler, is we don't have an all-in budget. What I mean by that is, wipe the slate clean. Go into your garage, sell it all. What do you have? I'm extrapolating based on what you've told us because you're selling the Eclipse, but we don't know what for. So let's say a thousand or two. You said you can sell the Buick, and I actually looked them up. You can sell that Buick for five or six grand. You can sell the View for seven ish. So we're already looking at about 15, and you haven't sold the Z yet. The Z is going to get what? 10. Yeah, mm-hmm. probably 10. Yeah. So yes. somewhere in the neighborhood of 25 grand here to work with. I'm I again, I'm extrapolating Tyler, maybe I'm wrong. I am pulling information from what you've given me and trying to come up with a figure of sell it all. We're never because wrong. Honestly, what are you talking about? We're never wrong. It's yeah, exactly. Because honestly, everything you're talking about with the possible exception of your Z car is an quite a quite a bit older car, and they're starting to have older car problems, and I get that, I totally understand. You said you don't want a German car because you're worried about reliability issues, so I also want to get you into newer cars to not worry about reliability issues. I kind of see your point, Paul, and that is he likes the Z, keep the Z, but the problem is he doesn't drive the Z every day, and he needs something that is the all-purpose commute car, and he'd kind of like to keep the Z as the fun car, but my feeling is hmm. sell the Z as well. Hmm. So, wow. okay. okay, so we need, we need a car for your wife, that can be a genuine family car, that can haul you guys wherever you need to go, but it needs to be automatic, it needs to be weatherproof, all of these kind of things, and then you want a car that's fun. So first off, I'm going to go with you, Tyler. I think you actually brought up a couple for yourself. You You brought up a Mazda Speed 6, which is about the same age as your Z, but it is a much more usable car than a convertible 350. I think you'd enjoy that car. I do think you would. You've also brought up the Mazda Speed 3. I don't think you'd enjoy the 3 as much as the 6 because you're coming out of a rear-wheel drive sports car. But I think a car you should look at, two of them actually, look at a Subaru Legacy GT from that 07, 08, about the same oh, age sure. as you Z. Look at sure. that car with the, with the manual transmission. That is a genuinely fast, genuinely fun <clears throat> car. But you know what? It's a sedan with worthwhile room. You guys would just enjoy that car. But if you want to stay more sporty, here is my weird left field sniper shot. It's kind of a combination sniper shot wild card. And that is, Tyler, find yourself a Pontiac GTO. Hmm, They're going to be 10, 11 grand, 400 horsepower, six speed, rear wheel drive, decently sized in size. You could get your wife and a child seat in that car. Now, granted, the, you know your 10-year-old with decent sized legs won't fit back there, but that's not your problem. You've got a, you've got a newborn. <laughs> so, so seriously, you know, that's the truth.
0: That's funny. But it, it, you That's know funny. It, it's
1: got kind of the, the hatch shape, it's got decent size. It would be more powerful, and you said one of the things you like about your Z is it just feels fast. That GTO will feel fast, but it's a, uh, you know, it's a full coupe, and you can get them cheap because people just overlook them. So I think Pontiac GTO is a good option for you. I do like the Speed Six. I do like the Subaru Legacy GT, and for your wife. For 13, maybe 14 grand, possibly less if you shop smart. My sniper shot is the Taurus SHO.
0: Can you get those for what? 14 grand? Yes,
1: you can. What year? Yes, you can. I'm curious. All wheel drive, like 2011s. All wheel drive. They're front wheel biased, but they're genuinely quick. They are big cars with room. Genuinely cl- quick. They've got a, not a CVT. This is a six-speed automatic. You can actually shift it yourself. It's not a. It's not a dual clutch. Let's not kid ourselves. But if it's a genuinely fast, genuinely large car. Put the family in that. You could go anywhere. And I think the thing, the key thing here, Tyler, is you hate every car in your family but your Z. Don't do that don't do that. Get cars that are halfway fun. And I think you would enjoy that SHO. I think your wife would as well. And it's all wheel drive. It's more than 10 years newer than the cars you're using as family cars right now. I'm sniper shouting right there.
0: Hmm. Good, good choices. You're going all Detroit Iron, or actually one of them is Australian Iron, but you know what I mean. I really yeah, like well, those I mean, choices.
1: I'm thinking about thinking about usability and I'm thinking about reliability. And let's get mm-hmm. in newer stuff for Tyler. So I got to go there. I got to go there. I mean, my garage for you right now is Pontiac GTO and SHO.
0: I like that a lot. I like the car choices. I'm I'm holding back because the uh, registration, uh, you know, tax, title, license, insurance, all that kind of stuff on two cars. Might be a little bit tough to swallow, and it might. and, I, I, and I, that's why I'm saying stick with a 350. Mm-hmm. If you've got that car and it handles well and you I love it now, I hear that. Um, but it turns it into a daily driver.
1: That's my difficulty, and I will fully it acknowledge it. My, does my place where I'm in the weeds here is I'm not sure of his all-in budget. If you if you liquidate it all, what do you have? I'm guessing I don't know, and that's so just I, depends on. I may, on my, you I may just what you get right get. out of it as a result. Yeah. absolutely, absolutely.
0: Well, that's why I said sell a kidney. I mean, you can get what twenty grand for a kidney. <laughs> I mean, that opens up a world of options, Tyler. You've got two. Come on. You only need one.
1: That's terrible. Um, Put the beer down and sell a kidney. (laughs) Done. Oh, that's terrible.
0: Uh, So I'm I'm saying turn your 350 into the daily because you love it. Mm -hmm. Start driving Mm -hmm. it. And that way I went with about a 12,000 range for your wife. And again, I'm thinking this isn't for you, Tyler. This is for your family. This is for any time you think Mm -hmm. we need just the go-to car that is – Anywhere we're going together, and maybe you take yeah, it to work a yeah. bunch of times, too, when your wife's at home. So I found – I started at least 10 years newer than your wife's current 99 Buick, and that I is – I think they need to. I, I do, too. I, Honda CRV for 12000 I found an Acura RDX. Mm, mm. Granted, it had a, about 112,000 miles, but for twelve – it's grand, an Acura. It's an Acura. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Found Honda yeah, Accords, yeah. Mazda CX-7, a 2011 or 12 Hyundai Sonata with only 43,000 mm. miles for 12 grand. Yeah, it'll
1: be fun to drive, but it'll just run. It'll just
0: run. It'll be the go-to car. And that's what yeah. I'm thinking. I'm not thinking yeah, fun. I'm just thinking this is the go-to car for the family. Let's see. Ford Fusion Sedan 2014, uh, 2014 Nissan Altima with only 50,000 miles. And then if, if yeah, you're really wanting, solid. you know, if you're taking this to heart and you're thinking, okay, you know, we really want to have something new, very reliable. We're going to have it for a long time. And you are able to swallow some payments. I even bumped it up to like 1920. If you can throw down 12 grand Mm -hmm. and, you know, amortize, you know, what, eight to 10 grand, something like that. We're here to spend
1: your money. We are here to spend your money. Yes, we
0: are. (laughs) Well, not too much, just a little bit more of it. And plus, you've already sold that kidney. So you've got money to burn. So those Perfect. are those are the Mazda CX five and the new CX three. That CX three has caught my eye in a big way, especially yeah, for yeah. you know growing families, small families. It starts at about nineteen, but the way you'd want it to be about twenty one. But that's a decent little ride, and it's a brand new car. It is. It is. Great, yeah. Yeah. You know, smaller but great space. And I just I thought of that CX three and I'm, thought of you, Tyler. So that's what I I'm at.
1: see that. But I'm going to say I'm going to say you can get a used two year old CX five for fifteen. Uh yeah
0: yeah you can you can go 2013 2012 and and yeah, yeah, yeah. spend your money even better, um and yeah, it's larger anyway. too. But I, larger, I, with I do. Bigger I engine. do like
1: that though. I do like that though. So
0: yeah, all right. I'm, I'm staying with Detroit
1: Iron, but uh, well, you're right. One of Australian, but one anyway, Australian on, Iron. we probably should. It's do not really a term. Couple is it? of Facebook questions? <laughs> Let's do. It. Let's do, let's do two Facebook questions. You guys are writing a lot of good Facebook questions now. When we post that we're doing the podcast, let's pick out a couple here. What uh, what are your favorites here, Paul?
0: Well, somebody wrote directly to me. This is Matt asking when I'm getting a new, oh, yeah. a new car. And I will say, Matt and everyone, I've sort of started the shopping process as of today. I've sent out some Guess emails to BMW dealers. As of today, um, I'm kind of thinking because you know I'm really hot after that M2. Which hopefully we'll yep. be driving soon and putting together uh, a comparison piece with that car. I'm mm-hmm. I'm all about this car. Really want to drive it. I'm kind of thinking when we drive the press car, that'll sort of be my, you know, my purchase pre-purchase test drive, test drive. That'll be drive. Yeah, you know? of course it will. And uh, kind of turn it into that. But I I've sent out some emails to some various Midwest BMW dealers because. Just reading around, poking around on BMW forums, people have said, "Oh, well, you know, a lot of people with money in California, the Bay Area, the Silicon Valley types, they're going to be throwing money and probably paying that ten grand premium that you know cars will command in dealerships, maybe." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to really wait a long time for a car, so I'm I'm putting it out hopefully to the usual suspects, a couple dealerships in Idaho. One in uh, Illinois, <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> if you guys have any other suggestions, I'm open to that. And um, yeah, the shopping has started. Yeah, so.
1: you're you're officially shopping for an M2. Uh, I'm, I, I am. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that I'm you can get ahead, ahead of the wave a little bit. I think I think the wave is is pushing already, but I I am hoping that you can get one before too long. I love that yeah. that's where you've landed. I think that'll be a very different. Really unique ownership experience for you, and I am excited about putting that car on camera soon. Yeah, yeah, me That'll too. Be very cool. Me too. I uh, speaking of things we want to put on camera, uh, so our friend Gorin wrote to us, and he said, "Will you guys ever do the three car back to back? The obvious Comparo, right? Which is the muscle cars, the Mustang GT, the Camaro SS, and the Challenger." And I want to say we are trying to put together the new Camaro SS and the current Mustang, uh, current hot Mustang. We're trying to put that together for later this year. I'm going to be really honest with you, Goran. I'm pretty prone to leave the Challenger out of it. Not because we don't like it, but because I think the Challenger is the only one that stayed a muscle car. And the other two have walked away into sports car land to be much more competitors to the, look, I know these are not the same car, but much more competitors to either the M cars or the FRSs of the world, Mm -hmm. which is not where muscle cars have been in the past. So I think if you put the current Camaro, the current Mustang, and the Challenger together, I know I personally am going to rate the Challenger last because I like small, agile cars. The Challenger is a traditional muscle car. It's got great attitude. You can get awesome engines. It's got great noise, but it's a big girl.
0: And you and could it, say and that not all kind of FCA's lineup are Dodge products, you know. They're, well, yeah, they're big and, and, muscle it, cars. They appeal to those people. But it
1: kind of, exactly, and it kind of revels in that.
0: Mm-hmm, and so, which is in a good many thing ways, Dodge,
1: absolutely, Dodge is making product for people that want that. And I love that they are, and they've got some great cars in that lineup. I almost hate to put the Challenger with those other two because I'm going to have to say I like it the least. But yet thank god it exists and in in hellcat form it's just a laugh it's not a car i personally would buy but if you're yeah, a person that yeah. likes it go buy it now that's the thing thank god it's out there go spend your money and buy that car even in the non-hellcat form that car is cool first way we ever drove it was one of the lower hemis and it was great but i wouldn't put it right now with the gt and the camaro ss those are two though that i want to put together this year
0: love it love it um Great questions, guys. Thank you for posting them up. We really appreciate all the suggestions and input. Keep it coming on our new website. If you haven't seen that, the new Everydaydriver com. You can reach us directly on there and ask questions, mm-hmm. which a lot of people have been doing, as a matter of fact. A lot yeah, of it's great. uh it's a lot great. of notes coming in there, as well as this the same everyday driver TV Gmail address that you know and love. Absolutely. For comments, questions, your car debates. We really love it. We're um, we're, we're getting through the list. We've got a lot of debates to go through. We but are. We're working it's on along We're going to be doing um, – Well, I was going to say you and I are, are really dedicating ourselves to thinking hard about the choices and not wanting to just mm-hmm. come off mm-hmm. as sort of the usual suspects. So we're looking for the unique – True, true. You know, everybody definitely has the need, you know, a yeah, $20,000 budget. But we're looking for the, the unique ones that challenge us. Uh, especially the ones from um, Czechoslovakia. Well, and Poland. I mean, we, those are always exactly. Tough. Well, but we don't want to do. Look,
1: we don't want to do the. I need an all-wheel drive car at twenty-five thousand dollars because we say fr. I mean, we we say WRX. Right. Done. We we don't want. I mean, you know, some of you are sending that in. There's your answer. You know. <laughs> I'd like a $25,000 brand-new rear-wheel-drive fun sports car, um, FRS. Okay, thank you for writing in. I mean, we, we, want to, we want to branch ourselves out a bit and and cover lots of interesting things so that it doesn't feel like it's the same thing every week for you guys and for us. And we are maybe going to have to ramp up the sheer number of podcasts per month based on volume, which honestly excites us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it, it's only going to be more time, right? So thanks really? for joining us here on the podcast. As I said before, please do rate it. And also, hey, have you following us on Instagram yet? Because Chance Hales, one of our photographers, one of our shooters for the show, is doing a superb job of actually maintaining our Instagram. Thank God that we don't have to do it because he's doing a better job than we are. (laughs) He's doing a great job. And every one... He is doing a good job. At every 1,000 followers, we're going to be giving away some swag, and we're at like 600 or so right now. So keep that in mind as something else as well. Anywhere you're looking for us, it is Everyday Driver slash Everyday Driver. So go go looking, and we're probably there.
0: Great call. Love it. Well, we're now going to sit in silence for another eight minutes in an effort to push this to a full-hour podcast. Just, so just, just to make it an hour
1: for fun. Agreed. <laughs> just kidding. Agreed.
0: Thank you guys so much for listening, for watching. Check out the Model X review. Leave your comments We love the discussion it generates and looking forward to hearing from you next week. Thanks, guys.